Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Tamara Gondor here, your host. As always, I'm so excited because I get to interview these everyday innovators from across the globe who come from such a drastic range of industries and experiences and perspectives. It's so cool. And hey, if you're out there and you're thinking, hey, Tamara, I'm a leader in a company or an entrepreneur or a freelancer or a stay-at-home mom and I do things differently, go to the website, nominate yourself. We would love to have you. So our shows are so great because I think with every single one, no matter what I think I do or don't have in common with the people, I learn so much. And today is no exception. I already got value bombs before we even hit record. So let me tell you a little bit about my guests, have them introduce themselves, and then we'll dig in. So Susan and Paul are with me. Susan is an experiential inquisitive. So experiential is all about innovating in motion, tangible, get your hands on it to innovate, get theory into reality. And inquisitive is all about digging deep, challenging assumptions, problem solving, asking questions, kind of that innovations in that question, not the answer. So the magic for Susan, that combination of experiential inquisitive is tangible, deep innovation. And then for Paul is experiential tweakers, a little bit in common that like hands-on in motion, like try to do it to really figure it out. But the tweaker side is all about optimizing, editing, evolving, adjusting. Um, for tweakers, it's like not about success or failure. It's about like, what's that one little shift I can do to make this work incredibly well? And they know that there's great innovation in that tiny shift. So the brilliance in that experiential tweaker is tangible, optimized innovation. So I'm so excited to have them. Welcome to the show. Tell the world who you are and what you do. Hi, thanks for having us. I'm Susan Cadillac. And I'm Paul Cadillac. And we <laughs> and we are the Cadillacs, if you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> so we are located just north of Boston and we run a design build firm. We have a real estate brokerage. We pretty much do anything that has to do with a home. What is it? That's right. Everything. What is it that you love about what you do? I think for us, whether, you know, whether a client is looking, thinking about moving or thinking about, should I renovate? Should I rebuild? Whatever it is, it's just helping them go through that process and figure out what the options are and what the right move is for them. For some people, it's, you know, it could be doing a renovation for some people, it could be relocating. So just kind of helping them through that process, think about all their options, think about it all, you know, kind of from a bigger view of, you know, for example, if I'm going to renovate is the house going to hold the value of the money that I need to put into it to make it what I want. So just kind of working through that process and helping them figure out what the best route is. Options. People always want options. Do you think there's something too many options though? The, yes, there yes. is. So if you send someone to the tile store, Susan goes, Susan always goes, I with would them never send they just, them. their head's spinning because yeah. there's so many choices, right? But she dials it down to, you know, a few. She's like, give me some colors you like and so forth. And then she kind of gets, I do picks not, off of that. I do not send clients out shopping unsupervised. <laughs> unsupervised. <So laughs> yeah, they mostly come to our office. We have a design room there. So it's like, you know, most of the stuff yeah. is there. I'm like you must be accompanied. You cannot, <laughs> I cannot let you go. It keeps I'm, that focus. Keeps <laughs> that's that me focus. anytime I go shopping. I just want to, I'm curious about something because I've been through home buying and I would say small renovations. I'm not maybe kind of some of the big ones that you've done too, but it's a really challenging emotional time. And I feel like things go wrong and I get angry and things go right and I get happy. It's like this roller coaster. 
How do you think about, because, and I think this is true for all change projects of any kind, whether it's a home, work, like whatever it is, launching a product. How do you think about navigating that process with your clients and helping them, helping them through what is ultimately like massive change and things that go wrong? I think, you know, it's funny. I'll take this one, Susan. I think naturally, you know, we, we weren't really aware of it, but we had a client a few years ago, we did a big project for them and we argued with them about where the location of their kitchen was going to be. I mean, it was a fight. We were like fighting with them. Like, no, we were no, not listen, backing down. It was going to like, listen, we're telling you it's going to be better. You know, and they, so they, you know, after it was all said and done, talked to them and said, you know, why did you guys hire us? I like to find out what, what it was that put us out over somebody else. And they said, you know, we knew you guys weren't going to build what was just on the plan. And so we never thought about us that way, right? Um, we just do what we do. But it was interesting to hear that because we don't ever follow the plan. It's a guide, just like books and rules. They're guides, right? There's more books and rules that come out because guides change and things change and evolve. I like that. Right? So it's it's it, a book is a guide. That's what I always say. It's just a guide. There's always going to be another way, some point, somehow. <laughs> and I think that's something is setting the expectations is that there the project is a guide. There's no you know there's no A B C like Paul says. You know scheduling our plumber isn't you know it's not a dentist appointment. There's no he'll be here Tuesday at you know seven fifteen. He'll be here sometime this week because construction is very fluid. And that's just how it is. So preparing clients that things may not go as expected, that there are going to be problems because there always are. We just don't know what they are before we start and that we're going to solve them. We're going to address them. Everything's going to be fine on, you know, on the other side. So just knowing, we know that it's an emotional process for clients and we try to keep that in mind. And we, you know, we talk about that upfront, you know, their state and, you know, and, and we tell them before we start, it's everything's great at the beginning. The closer we get to the end, the more stressed out you're going to be. You're going to freak out. We're going to ignore you because we know it's going to happen. And we, you know, we just try to set those expectations as we go through, you know, and kind of tell them to buckle up and it's, be ready. Yeah, I agree. It's just being truthful with people. I mean, that's what they want at the end of the day, right? I mean, like the, the, the way people view information now is completely transformed in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. You know, it used to be the car sales with the blue book and you'd be like, oh yeah, you, nobody had that book except him or her. And you're like, all right, you know, now it's out there, right? You have to just be honest and upfront with people and tell them the truth because they can find that information very easily. So if you try to BS them, they, they can, you know, pick it out very quickly. So we just try to be upfront with people. And I think um, sometimes contractors will tell people they can do something for a certain price and maybe they can't, then they get into it. Then they get extra extra. And then the thing's way over budget. And then they're even more stressed out. Right. So that's why it's better for us to yeah, just we be can't, like, Hey, I can't deal with that. I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, this is, this is going to be really bad. I just need you to be ready because I just need you to be ready that this is, we're going to go through this, but it's all going to be fine. Um, you know, I, I always tell them once we get to, once you get back in your house, you forget about everything. You, you forget the pain, but going through it isn't whether they're buying a house or selling a house or renovating a house or building a house. I don't know why we, we have chosen emotional. to be with the most yeah, it's all <laughs> where emotional. people are the most stressed. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we really try it's to keep personal. in mind that it's, yeah, yeah very exactly. personal, right. Yeah. Raising the kids there, family, so forth, they got memories, you know, all that stuff, very personal. I like what you said though, about, um, there's two things in there. I just want to highlight for all of us. One is expectations. I think oftentimes, you know, there's a, there's a thing in, that I often talk about called the J curve. 
And it's like, we think when we start a project, uh, and especially if it's change of any kind, that it's going to go straight up. Like, obviously, I made the decision, so it's going to go well. But it never does, right? Usually, there's a problem that you didn't anticipate. You've got, you know, um, baggage coming in. You've got doubt coming in. And that's the part that you got to work through to, to see the results. And I think if we set expectations, that J-curve, the bottom, isn't so hard. Or at least you can minimize it a little bit for people because they know the better part is coming. The other thing you said that I think is so important for all of us to remember, and I have the weirdest memory come up that I'm going to share with you guys, is, is what you said, Paul, about um, that we all have access to information now, right? So that whole blue book doesn't exist anymore. And it reminds me of the days when, when I lived in New York City and I'd be like, I wonder where I want to go eat. And I'd pull up my little Zagat's book and I had the most recent one and it would tell me where to eat. <laughs> but that was like, if I had the book, like I was the holder of the information in my friend group. So I always had the latest book so that I could decide where we went. Now we could just all pull up on TripAdvisor, on web, look down the street. Like there's just no holding of that information anymore. No, uh, breaking news is not breaking news anymore. Right. No. That's, <laughs> right. that's really the crux of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everything's breaking news. It's not because everybody has it and it goes to your phone and people get notifications and, you know, change is inevitable. We talk about this all the time and especially the way we um, build, you know, if we, get the frame of a house up and we walk through it and we're like, this closet needs to be bigger. We need to move this wall. Like we, it gets tweaked and massaged along the way to make it the best possible product it can be for the clients or whoever we're building for at the end of the day. And that's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving pieces to juggle, but at the end of the day, you know, Susan and I will get texts from clients like months later and say, Hey, just want to let you guys know, we haven't left our house since you finished, ah. you know? So <laughs> like, it's worth going through all that just to even get that text message from somebody to say that, because our goal is to make sure that people don't leave their house. Right. You know, we want them to love their house so much that they don't leave it, that they just like, I want to be here. That it's going to be a comfortable place for them. I love it. I just, I, I, those are great lessons in there. What is a story of a time that you were innovative, thought differently to move yourself and your clients forward? I mean, one thing that we've done, you know, recently as we've been, you know, kind of building the social media and kind of, you know, putting, putting those videos out there is for a long time, we were doing videos of just, you know, us walking through the projects and, you know, we were getting some feedback. Hey, we want to see, we want to see the clients. We want to see the clients reactions. So we recently launched an, an app where we filmed actually 10 of our projects with our clients. So it's 10 episodes of full home renovations. Yeah. That's been really fun. Um, and that's on, you know, just on an app you can download and there's 10 episodes and renovation rekindles the name <laughs> of the app. If anybody's wondering, <laughs> it's exactly what I was about to ask. So perfect. Yeah. yeah. But so like, that's been fun as, you know, as kind of things have evolved, it's like, okay, because there's so much noise on social media and because they're, they're, it's so crowded, it's like, okay, here's everything in one spot, um, you know, where we can still talk directly to our audience and they can still see, you know, kind of what we're up to and, you know, what kind of projects we have going on. So that, you know, that as things have evolved, as, you know, we always think about consumer behavior, like where are they? Are our clients on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? A lot of people are, you know, coming away from TV, they're streaming. So, you know, so this is a way that it's just, you know, easy and you can stream it. Um, so, you know, just kind of as we go, as we're thinking about whether it's on the social media side or even on the design side, um, you know, it's funny, some of the things that we've been talking about are, you know, more home automation, more things like that, that people want. Like, so we had a smart <laughs> toilet in one house oh, and thing is, it'll change your life. <laughs> thing is incredible. And Paul, you know, 
Paul made, we made this video of Paul because Paul, he's, he's the fun one. He had to test it out. You can tell her. I, you can tell I, her what I, you did, I Paul. I wore like workout <laughs> pants, you know, like, like pants, that swoosh <laughs> pants, you know, and I sat on the toilet, let it use the bidet and let it squirt my butt so I could see. And I said, did it hit, you know, the, the right areas? To, it right. had fantastic aim. I will say. It was a heated <laughs> toilet seat in addition to that too, which was awesome. <laughs> I will tell you the last time I was in Hawaii, the hotel we stayed at had one of those with like a remote control. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My man was like, he said I was in the bathroom and I was like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it will change don't your knock life. It. It will. Yeah, I'm not don't gonna, knock it. You know what? We just admitted it to like tens of thousands of people across the globe. So I'm in. I'm in for a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, I want to say something though. I really want to give you guys a lot of credit. And we you said it kind of fast, but I actually think to me highlights incredible innovation, but also action and guts. And that is that you created an app to share these stories. And we'll put a link in the show notes to it. I Here's why I say that. I know a lot of people who think, well, if I don't have the TV show, right, in the traditional format, then, then I, you know, it, it's not going to happen. Or if I don't, you know, get my idea bought in in this specific way, if I don't go to market in this way, if I don't have this type of job and take this type of climb up the ladder, then it's not success. And I think one of the coolest things about the times that we live in is that you can do it any way you want to. And I know people who, on the entrepreneurial side, who have YouTube channels who are making more than have they signed a deal with NBC. So it's just, I kudos to you because I hope everybody really heard that, like, that's not a small feat, but also what an innovative way to go, hey, we want to bring this to market. So we're going to do it in the way that we can do it right now and in a meaningful way to our customers. Um, and I'm sure that gives you so much scale and opportunity and exposure that you wouldn't have had before. But I sound like I'm on a soapbox. I just, I, I think <laughs> yeah. it's very cool when people go, well, I, I, the traditional way is not going to work, right? So let's do it a different way. And that different way is often more successful. It's yeah, I mean, and that, that was, you know, one thing for us, because the traditional way for us, we we did have an opportunity in front of us to do it the traditional way. And they want so much from you. And I, you know, we, you know, and and to us, that wasn't worth it. You yeah, we have, have people that work with us, and that it was just you know, we have you, responsibilities you have to, to other people a, that we didn't want to give up. Right. You have to give up a lot to go. You know, they were asking for a, a lot, and so we, you know, made a decision not to go down that path. And so I think for us, it was important that we were able to still be able to connect authentically. And for Paul to, I mean, Paul does a lot of crazy things. <laughs> I do. I mean, I think people, I think Sad. if we went down the tr- traditional path, they might delete a lot of what he does, <laughs> but I we mean, don't. <laughs> I think that, you know, uh, we try to stay in our lane, so to speak, like what works for us might not work for somebody else. Right. So it's like, you know, what works for you, you know, in, in that sense. And, and, you know, we've, we've never tried to put the app out or do something that's not really who we are. Um, you know, we don't really like look at other contractors and be like, oh, what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? What's this guy? You know, it's, it's like, we just kind of, we focus on what we do, not kind of what everybody else is doing. And then if you can tell, is it working or is it not? Do you need to change? Do you need to shift? And that's the one thing I think about social media that really has opened up eyes for a lot of people in business is, you know, the change is so rapid. Um, that you have to evolve, you have to adapt, or else you will not be around. So people want to know who you are as a company. They want to know who they're hiring. Yeah, and and I always joke and say social media is a bully because you want to be on their platforms. Well, guess what? You got to play by our rules, right? It's like <laughs> you want, you got to do this reels, you got to do this pictures, you know, whatever whatever platform yeah, may whatever be. Whatever they're pushing, right? You have to you're 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 bound by that, but by us doing the app also, we control what goes on it so we can put 
you know, whatever we want to put on there, we've, you know, put additional scenes on things that aren't, you know, out, you know, out on uh, social media and stuff. So yeah. it's just cool to be able to do things like that. I think that that brings some innovation to what we bring to the table in terms of, of that kind of stuff. You know, you had just mentioned that you're not looking what the competitors are doing or what, what other people are doing. And you really kind of look at where you want to go. Why do you think that's so important to not just innovation, but to success to maybe not be as concerned looking sideways? That's called the cell phone rule, the distraction, constantly flipping, looking, right? It's a distraction when you're following everybody else, you're, you're distracted by what they're doing. So you can't dial in and focus on what you need to do. <clears throat> yeah, you're not focused. You're not thinking about, you know, you really should only be competing against yourself, right? Like what are your We compete with? against each other, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's different. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's help I believe we call that friendly competition. Is that what right. that is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh well, our- I mean listen, I, I do something mediocre and I think I should get like an Oscar or something. You know, she does something <laughs> unbelievable and she's like, I, I can do better, you know, so it works well. <laughs> well I really appreciate what you said about the distraction. I was thinking of, you know, you end up accidentally adding to the noise because you start to copy other people. But I'd never thought of it the way you just said, which is also it takes your energy and your focus away from you, um, which is not a good thing. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD dog treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com. Link will also be in the show notes and use promo code Tamara, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code Tamara. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. I want to flip it for a second. What's a challenge that you faced and how have you overcome it? A challenge that we faced. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people assume that I brought Susan into the construction world. It's actually the reverse. So when I met her, she was already building and uh, doing all that stuff. And then I came into that mix. She kind of brought me into her love of homes and I took to it as well. And here we are. 
So it's a, a you know, a, a female in a very, very male dominated industry, um, you know, is, is a challenge itself. Right. I think because I'm a licensed well. builder, you know, contractor, I mean, we do design build, but ultimately my, my background is construction. And that is a lot of times, you know, people will assume that, oh, you're, you know, you're the designer and your husband's the contractor. And I'm like, yeah, I just play along with <laughs> But, you know, my background is, is construction. So being, you know, being in that, and then, you know, like I said before that, you know, in this business, in the business that we're in, you know, you have the, you know, there's a bunch of stereotypes about contractors. So like, you know, the social media has helped us, you know, kind of combat that so that people know who we are before, before that first phone call. Yeah. We're, we've, we're lucky. We've got some projects where we've had people be like, here's the keys. Give me a call when it's done. Let me know when you're done. You know, they're that comfortable <laughs> with everything that we've done and they feel it. I mean, that, and that's a huge testament to like, you know, it's flattering to have somebody do, you know, our own mailman at the time one day pulled over and he's like, Paul, come here. I'm like in the middle of the road. I go, what's up? He goes, yeah, here's a check for $10,000. I want you to do my bathroom. And I was like, uh, Dave, why don't we have a meeting first? <laughs> I go, super flattering. I go, unbelievably flattering. No problem. We'll do it. But let's, let's have a meeting first about. And the then they went on vacation and they left. And they said, good luck with the bathroom. Right, so we, we were under a lot of pressure. I was like, all right, we can't mess this up. <laughs> it's almost perfect when I got back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to, to boot with the social media, I mean, we had a couple recently that bought one of our houses that we built. And, you know, we said to them, hey, look, you can buy it, but you can't see it inside till it's done and you can't pick anything. Now, most normal people would be like, no way, I'm not doing that. They came back to us and said, we've seen everything you guys done. We're totally comfortable with that. And they did. And we revealed the house to them, which is in the app. And it's really, really like, it's a very cool moment. I think in our career, like being there with them, seeing it for the first time, like where they've been working their whole lives to like have a nice place and telling the kids that. So it's super um, emotional and you can feel it in the room, you know, yeah. when you're there with them, it's, it's awesome. So I, I want to go off on a tangent for a second, ask you guys a question, because I get the sense that you love, or at least enjoy the more challenging or quirky situations. Um, what is it about that that you love so much and how do you approach those? And I don't mean like specific, like tangible, like project management. I just mean more like mindset and kind of getting into it. I mean, I, if I like things that are more challenging, I like that, you know, that's why when, whenever we go to build something, you know, Paul will say, can we build the same house that we built last time? And I'm like, no, no. Or even if we do well, that's not true. a similar say, floor plan, well, I'll well, say, well, we need to change this. We need to change. So to me, I'm always thinking about, especially for clients, how do you make things unique? How do you, you know, every project is different. How do we, what are their problems and are we solving them? So to me, I think, you know, at my core, I like to be a problem solver. I like to find the problems, figure that's out the how to solve side. them. Yeah. Yeah. You're motivated yeah. by problems, solving, yes. solving problems. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's fun. If it's just this kind of the rote repeat, I get kind of bored. And as, as much as it doesn't sound like it, I'm the same way when she says build the same house. That's not, I'm more of the, <laughs> I like to problem solve as well in a different way. Susan's very, uh, she's more into the, I'm not a reader. I'm like, put my hands on it. That's how I learned. That's how I've always been. You know, I'm, I never was a real school kid. She was good in school. I was not. But like when I, if I get my mind on, like, I am going to figure this out, whatever it is, I will stay there until I figure it out. And that's the challenge that I like is like, I'm not, you know, I've, I've, I've fixed things before that I never thought I'd be able to fix. Cause I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I can do this. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I think persevering is the big thing, I think. And that's hard to, um, not everybody has that, right. It's easy to, it's easier to give up than it is to keep pushing through. Uh, 
I have so many questions for you right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to start with this one, which is what do you think? I'm just curious from your perspectives, what do you think it takes to persevere through stuff and keep on that problem solving versus uh, give up? Because I agree with you. And I think we're actually building a culture of give up. So it's refreshing to hear the exact opposite. A lot of people on our show are that, but it's to hear it. What do you think it takes to be that person? I think you know, I mean, I don't think it's any special skill. I think it's just a mindset of like, okay, there's, there's a way. How do I, how do I figure this out? Okay. I tried this. It doesn't work. Okay. How do I, how do I go back and try something else or keep? So a good example, when I first met Paul, he was, um, he, how long were you on the, oh, trying- it took me 12 years. So Paul wanted to be a firefighter. So he was, I he- took probably six, seven tests. I took multiple physical tests, multiple psychological tests, you know, um, I mean, when Susan met me, I, I got, it took me 12 years to get, actually just get the job and get on. Um, so she thought I could, pers- since I persevered through that and kept pushing to do it, <laughs> um, she's like, I can work with him. <laughs> so, you know, I think giving up is, you know, an easy way. And we always try to teach our kids, even when they're doing something, you know, if they ever come to us and say, this is too hard. And I say, it's not too hard. It just means that you need to go back and try again. You need to, if you don't know the answer, how do you find it? And, you know, even, you know, everyone who, you know, who we work with and like I said, even right down to our kids, we're always, you know, don't, you, you, there are always going to be roadblocks. There are always going to be things that stop you. Don't stop. How do you go up, around, under, how do you get around it? <laughs> I think that you have to teach kid, your kids or, you know, in life, like you need to learn how to problem solve period. Right. right. It's just, that's life, right? There's going to be stuff that comes up. How do you work around it? How do you right. get through it? What's another way, right? There's always challenges, no matter what profession you're in, no matter what you do, you're going to have problems. How do you persevere through those problems? And I think part of the mindset of persevering for me, the way that I observe it is like, you just don't have that mentality of no, right? right. It's like, you don't have that oh, can we do? No, that's not in your mind. Like it's it's not even there. It's not even baked into your core. You know, it's like, it's just gone. It's like, you don't have that. It's like, well, this is what we're going to do. We'll figure this out. That's the mindset, right? It's not, no, it's how, or which way are we going? Or what are we doing? That's, that's just my observation on that type of mentality. I think that we like to take on. I like it. It's not, no, it's how. I love that. I, I'm with you. No doesn't tend to stop me. No is like, well, that approach didn't work. So I'm no just pisses you one. off. It just, <laughs> That's just fuel no. for the fire. Yes. Exactly. Right. So it says no. You're like, what? You're like, no. Is it uh, no? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Oh, hold on. Answer. Let me crack my knuckles and hold on. I'm really warmed up now. <laughs> right. As soon as you hear no, it ticks something in your head that all of a sudden you just like wake up and you're just, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you talking about? No, no. We're yeah, figuring yeah. this out. Right. right. Well, the minute someone tells me I can't do it, I'm like, done. Exactly. <laughs> and those are the most powerful motivational words that you can say right? to someone is that you can't do it. Right. Well, I hope that everybody's hearing this because I would love us all to uh, be on that side of you can't do it and no is a really powerful thing and not something that really holds you back. And I think all too often, a lot of us get stuck when someone says no, we're like, didn't work. Like it's a failure. But I, I don't know, you can achieve a lot more than you think if you keep at it. That's That's been my experience. And it sounds like that's what you're saying too. Yeah, you got to yeah. change the no to O. Oh, we need to figure out a different plan. <laughs> no to O. Oh. Yeah, the no has to just d- take the N and take it away and just go, oh, we need to figure a workaround. We oh. need to go through this. We no need to, to O. Way. Right. No to O. Oh. That's yeah. I love it. I love we it. We want innovators, not innovators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
sure what an innovator is, but yes, I agree. Speaking of innovators, what does it mean? What to, to the two of you, what does it mean to be an everyday innovator? I mean, I think it's to us, it's always like thinking about, you know, different approaches, new and different things. How can we better serve our clients? How can we better, you know, serve our business? Like, you know, just like you said, even from five years ago to how people lived, you know, pre-COVID to now, you know, what are we doing to, you know, to kind of address that change and stay with that change and not, you know, kind of have one thing that you do over and over again, you have to you know, you have to go with the trends. You have to stay aware of what's happening. Yeah. It's almost like when you get comfortable, you know, it's time to shift gears. Right. Because <laughs> it's it's coming. You know, it's like, okay, I finally get this. Then you're like, I don't. Okay. We're going to do something <laughs> different. You know, it's like, you, you know, you finally get into that rhythm, right? I feel like, especially construction, it's all about a rhythm with these jobs. Once they get going, you want to keep that rhythm, right. you know, keep that moving because it really makes a big difference in how things press forward and move along. But you know, like Susan said, if we, you know, for, there's been a huge supply pain, which everybody knows about, you know, so it's yeah. like, we've had to deal with those issues and it's like, okay, we can't get um, hardwood flooring. So what, what can we what get? Can we the answer is not, what can't we get? Okay. Well, what can we get? And let's look at those options and see what works within the budget of these people and what we can get and how, how available it is and so forth. So it's just, it's just using your brain a little bit, like think a little bit instead of saying no, it's so easy to say no. That's the thing that is the easier way is to just say, no. And I think that's the mindset is not taking the easy road. Well, and I want to throw something out to you guys, get your opinion on it, because this has been my biggest frustration in the last year. And I understand the supply chain issues. I understand the worker shortages. I mean, all, all costs, all of the above. Um, and I've worked in a lot of different industries that are really struggling with a lot of those things. But one of the things that I found is the habit that people get into is making the customer figure out the solve. So I'm going to give you a little example from a hotel stay recently because hotels, I travel a lot. So this has been like my main pet peeve is I'll go in the room and there's no coffee and I'll call and I'll say, can I get coffee? And they say, well, we're not doing it anymore, right? We're not putting Keurigs in the room. I'm like, okay, well, what time does, you know, whatever the room service open say, not till seven, but I'd be at the conference at eight. So like for me, that doesn't work. I need my, co- I need coffee. I'm not yes. a wake up and like energized person. I need like three cups in the morning. But instead, I'm over there totally asking with them, you. Yeah, just caffeine is life. Yes. But I'm totally asking them all the questions to get to the solution versus them saying, okay, we don't do this right now, but we could do this. I have a colleague who, no joke, was staying in a hotel. They had like no toilet paper in the room. So she called down and said, hey, I've just got like half a square. Can I get more toilet paper? <laughs> and, and the woman said, I'm sorry, we don't have any. We're out. And then so she went down, went to a lobby bathroom, took a bunch, took it up with her. But the front desk woman couldn't have figured out that problem. Like, so I just wanted to get your opinion on how you think about that, because to me, there's so much innovation, innovation and just solving customers problems to your point about, right, we don't have hardwood, but we have something else, right? Or we we can do this, or we can make this happen. But it's so easy, I think, to force the other person into the solving role. And then that minimizes your own ability to innovate. That's the easier road to take, right? right. Put it on them. Be like, you. oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, I really feel like too, COVID has pushed a lot of COVID's made people lazier. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if that, totally if that agree. makes any yeah. sense, right? Yeah. It's like they can use that COVID excuse to do things like, oh, we can't do that because, of, oh, we, and look, you're talking that Susan, I had it twice. So we're two times survivors of COVID, you know? So it's, oh. it's yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, but yeah, it's, I mean, to your point. So like we've had projects where we have spec something and then we can't get it. I personally, I won't even call the client until I have other options because to me, I don't want to make the phone call and ever say, we don't have this. I want to say, I have good news and bad news. The bad news is that we don't have this. The good news is that I have these 
other lovely things for you to look at, right? So because that is, I want to come with with the solve. I don't want to bring them a problem. I want to bring them a problem and a solution. And that's something that, you know, even through our office, um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a joke if someone has a question to go look it up because- GTS. Right, GTS. You know what <laughs> because, that is? No. Google that shit. Oh, I like it. <laughs> because if you come with a question that you can Google, then you haven't tried to look. So it's like, try, you know, when, when you have a problem, have you tried to come up with a solution? Have you tried to solve? Have you, don't bring, don't bring problems. Don't bring up problems unless you also have some kind of solution. And to me like that, I don't know, I think as, as a client to come and bring problems to client and expect them to solve it. I, I just don't think that that's a good place to be. It doesn't build rapport with clients and like long-term, you know, relationships with them. I think if they're just like, yeah, I hired them. And then I had to figure it all out. Like, right. well, what was the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> when I was VP of this consulting firm, I had 12 people um, under me and they used to, when I first got there, they would come into my office and be like, tomorrow we have a problem on this project, blah, 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 blah. And I would just stand there, look at them and like march them out be like, go find me some solutions, try them, then come back. If it doesn't work, I'm here for you. But like go figure out the solution. And people knew you couldn't come into my office unless you had a solution. And I think to what you were both saying earlier about creative problem solving, I think it really also strengthens that skill of being that everyday innovator and problem solving is if you just have that mindset of, All right, I got a problem and I'm going to figure out a solution. And I think you're so right that this odd thing has happened where COVID has made people and companies super lazy. of like, well, we can't do that due to the COVID. And you're like, well, right. But what can you do? And why am I solving that right. for you? You know, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, That's crazy that you had to just go down into the hotel sorry. bathroom and get toilet well, paper. I'm going to give your colleagues some great advice right now. Then I do this one since I travel. When you travel, your first day, you got to go up sometime during the day when they're up there cleaning, and you go over and say, "Hey," and I always tip them and say, "Can I get a few extra towels and some toilet paper?" <laughs> no problem. And they remember you for the rest of the time you're there. So every time you see them. Always go and tip. Tomorrow tip always gets away. extra towels. Always. Tips that's genius. I, know, I love it. But again, here's the other thing I love about that that I'm just going to highlight is that's going around the rule. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, yes. well, I, I am originally Israeli. So for me, it's kind of ingrained of like their rules, but they don't apply to me. And that's how I've lived <laughs> my life. And so I love that though, because it's like the rules are the how you do things you call down and you say, I need, and it tells, but why wouldn't you just go right to the source? It's genius. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, we could obviously keep talking for hours. Um, <laughs> what's, what's a piece of advice you have for other everyday innovators out there of all types who are looking to have this incredible success like you've had and do things in a way that, that is good for you? I think no matter what business you're in, um, if you're focused on whoever your client is, whatever their problem is, are you, are you solving a problem for them? Are you, you know, just these examples we've talked about when you are, when you when you're solving problems for your clients, that you know that is what drives your business. That is what. And, and to to add to what Susan's saying, I think that um, you know if you focus on the money, you're not your distraction is right. away from the clients, right? So yes. you're not like if you focus on your task at hand and what you're doing, the money will follow that. You know, if you're good at what you do, the money will follow that, right? If you're not, maybe it's a different career choice, you know, or maybe you need to shift or or, maybe you need to try something different, but But, also recognizing when things aren't working and when you need to shift, like just really, you know, really seeing, you know, the impact and, you know, are you, you know, are you delivering what, you know, what needs to be delivered? So this may sound like an offshoot question, but how long do you think it took the two of you to figure out the right lane? (sighs) 
like, you know, cause I, I think often, right, I have, I could be wrong, but I'm going to guess that like how you started out versus where you are now probably look very different. Oh, yes. oh much different, <laughs> much different. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know construction period when I met Susan. So I came into it completely. And now I was handy. I could do things, but I never like in construction. And there's a lot of things to know about construction. There's a lot of pieces to it. So it took me a long time to kind of really understand it and, and gain knowledge of it. And I would see Susan kind of talking to clients and she just knows it so well that sometimes she says things and I'm watching clients and they have this glazed over look on their face, like, uh-huh. uh-huh. And I look, I go, do you understand what she's saying? They're like, no. no. And I'm like, okay. So I like kind of break it it's down. It's actually a naive bit. intelligence, right? Yeah, I just kind of break it down for them a little and be like, all right. So she's saying Gable and it's like the A side of your roof. Oh, okay. You know, it's like layman's terms, right? Because every profession has a language of love that they speak and nobody ever understands all of it, right? A doctor speaks a certain way. You know, we have the language of construction. You know, every profession has that. And, and you shouldn't know it because that's not what you do, right? So we won't want to make clients feel stupid when we're talking to them because then they're afraid to ask questions and be upfront and be honest with us, which also that puts a roadblock to how their project can be, right? If they're afraid to be like, well, I don't really like that. You know, we don't want to do a whole project. They, you know, they're like, I really liked it, but I wish that we could have moved this or something, you know, right. like th- that is not, that's not an option for us. We, we do not accept that. We would go back and fix it if that was the yeah. case. And, and people are, even with things like their homes, I think people in general are surprisingly timid because um, they don't want to offend. They don't want to look stupid. I can't tell you the number of times I was in meetings with large companies like consumer goods companies, and they would be speaking in acronyms. And there, there was one, I won't throw them particularly under the bus, but I'll tell you that they're in every grocery store and like own every shelf. And they were speaking <laughs> in acronyms and they always do. And I finally raised my hand and said, I'm so sorry, I don't, I'm an outsider, I'm a consultant. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it turned out most of the room, the people who work there didn't know what they were talking about. (laughs) But but people are afraid to say something because you don't want to look stupid. Um, But I love those two pieces of advice that you're giving. Kind of one is, right, solve problems for people around you. That's like huge value. And the second one there is um, speak the language that actually connects and not the language of your industry or your job. or And it's amazing how often, even with people in the industry with us, we get into habits. I think those are two incredible pieces of advice to end on. So thank you. I'm going to ask you a personal question. What's the one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you two? Could be separate, could be together. I mean, we've already shared bidets, so I'm not sure where else to go. <laughs> I know. No. Well, we have four kids, so that's so, you know, yeah, as, as if we're kids. not busy enough, we've got four kids too. Uh, I'm better at yoga than Susan. That's probably the only thing oh, that, yeah. that would be a surprise. <laughs> Wait, he's really good. Is better, more flexible. He can do the, you know, the one where you're just like balancing on your hands. The eagle, the, no, the cr- the crow, the crow. The crow. There's a few of them I can do. I yeah. just can't. She brought me into yoga, and then I really took to it. I put, you know, I was like, I'm all in. You know, I was like, I want to be more agile as I get older. <laughs> I don't want to fall and be like, oh, I have my hip and a cane. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to, you know, you guys are hysterical. I'm trying to stay trying young to and fresh. Out. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it. That's it. Well, mobility, if you ever follow the supple leopard, mobility is key as you get older, for sure. That's so. I couldn't be more accurate. I feel like a supple leopard sometimes, <laughs> you know, mobility is key. <laughs> layman's terms. Sometimes, layman's terms. sometimes yes. I feel like a hundred year old woman trying to get out of bed. I'm like, <laughs> oh. yeah, you wake up, you're like, my, why is my knee hurt? It has never right. hurt my entire life. Now it hurts today. What, what <laughs> is the change? Right, something like to pulling your back muscle when you comb your hair, and you're like, well, "That can't be good." <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. you two, thank you so much for doing this. I really, this was a, a wonderfully fun conversation, but also really full of insights and inspiration. Um, I'm so appreciative, but also in awe of what you guys have built and how you've built it, and 
the different paths that you've taken you've taken. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.